Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 589 with a review of The Assistant. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we already put out a review of Portrait of a Lady on Fire, so hopefully you listened to and enjoyed that. Uh, But now we are talking about a little film called The Assistant, um, which is not a film that was even on my radar before last week when Steven, uh, or last before the weekend when Steven texted me and said like, hey, we should check this out and maybe do a review of it. Um, where, where did you first hear about this film? Uh, probably from podcasts. I think a bunch of people out of Sundance, I assume this was a Sundance premiere, I think it was. Um, a bunch of people were talking about this movie as being one of the films that kind of shook Sundance for being different and unexpected. And I think most recently it was actually film spotting like a week ago that mentioned it. Gotcha. Coming out in Chicago and them enjoying it. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and is it is it still super limited release? I you believe know? it is still very very limited. Oh, yeah, there was only one theater I think that was playing it right. um, for us here in the city, which is usually a bad sign for a wider release. But uh, but yeah, we did track it down. Um, we saw it this weekend, and we are here to review it. So we're going to do that now. We're going to take a listen to the trailer for The Assistant, and then we're going to come back and give you that review. Welcome. Have a seat. Whatever's going on, you can tell me. That's what I'm here for. You're relatively new to the company. I mean, I've been working here for nearly two months. And you're under a lot of stress. Entry-level jobs in this industry are tough, right? Long hours? First one in, last one out. Night. You're smart. You have to be smart. It's a tough job, but I can see that you've got what it takes. I want those new pages before I get on the plane. He promised the first thing. Where are we at? 200K and two points. Maybe you can put in a good word for you. No, he'll hire externally. Listen, his schedule has shifted. Does 7 p.m. work? Still at the hotel or? Yes. What? This is turkey. I said chicken. There's a girl waiting. Oh, her. She's been here before. A few times. What is it? The wife. Say he's in an important meeting. No, say he's in a screening. Where is he? What did you say? What did you say? They told me you were smart. I overreacted. It was not my place to question your decision. I will not let you down again. You know, you can always come to us, right? Come to us first, okay? The last two checks don't have a name or anything. Just the dollar amount. Uh, ignore it. Okay, and will he know what it's for? Yep, he'll know. I wouldn't sit there. Never sit on the couch. <laughs> here and here, initial here, sign there. Do I need a lawyer or something? Do you have a lawyer? What's happening? Where are you going? Uh, I was worried for this girl. <laughs> oh. I mean, they were just like laughing about it. <sighs> Can you deal with this? Hi. Why me? Who was that? A vast waste of my time. Your mom and I were excited for you. It's a great opportunity. What can we do? Do about what?
All right, so The Assistant is a very subtle film about a young woman who, I think she's freshly graduated from college, and she has started work as an assistant um, at a production company agency. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, within her time here, she starts to believe that she might be picking up on some predatory behavior of the person in charge of the department that she works for. Uh, so, Stephen Miller, what did you think of The Assistant? Um, I honestly didn't know what to expect at all of this movie. I'd literally just heard about it. I knew people were intrigued by it. And I texted you and decided we would find a screening this weekend. <laughs> um, I loved this movie, actually. I thought this was a really, really, really incredible kind of visceral look at the feeling of workplace harassment and how a culture of silence can build in a workplace and become this encompassing thing that nobody knows how to handle. Um, I love that this movie is made very much like a horror movie where you never see the monster, right? That's kind of the big thing of this movie is there's this guy, clearly a Harvey Weinstein character, though they don't want to say his name, but... Harvey Weinstein type, allegedly. Sure, yeah. (laughs) This is a production company that seems Miramax-ish, and it it has a character that's very Harvey Weinstein-ish, and the year seems to be somewhat <laughs> after 2010 but not much after in a way that would line up but of course it isn't explicitly harvey weinstein yeah <laughs> all disclaimers thrown out there um i think this is just an ingenious way to handle this, <laughs> this story this isn't harvey weinstein the way that the succession isn't about fox <laughs> yeah this is not a weinstein story it's a story about weinstein <laughs> nice um yeah but I, I think this is just an ingenious way to handle the the subject of I don't even know what 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 to blanket this as. It's sexual abuse, but it's also just the the power dynamics involved in sexual harassment and in in a workplace. I think it so this film is told all in terms of one day in the life of an assistant who is working at this uh Weinstein character's office and we just see her show up early morning before the sun rises and we watch how she is kind of having to tiptoe around everyone to get her job done and she's able to hear bits and pieces of things that happen and we never we never hear the monster directly even even when he speaks we're hearing him in this kind of like muted phone call where the volume drops out i don't know if it was just my theater but i think it was the mixing of the actual film where you're not supposed to is, is, really is the, hear him is the voice of him actually accredited because for some reason it sounded a little bit like alec baldwin to me so i'm not sure but i got a baldwin vibe as well <laughs> um yeah but i i think the movie does does it incredibly well it, it builds this sense of dread this like gnawing feeling that you are in a place that you can't control everyone behaves uncomfortably in the movie but almost all in a very realistically uncomfortable way like there's a motif that happens a few times in the film where the boss will get angry and um, uh, julia garner's character will have to write an email immediately apologizing which already very servile very uncomfortable right like the way that this place operates but not only is she writing the email but the two guys that she works with stand behind her helicoptering kind of dictating to her this is how you ought to apologize this is how you say the correct thing that sounds as though you are actually sorry for what transpired yes this is how you sound contrite this is how you thank him for the privilege of getting to have this job rinse wash repeat and there's just something very uncomfortable and jarring about this way 
the the movie handles these issues and i think it it really builds up to the the centerpiece of the film is a conversation with an hr representative played by matthew mcfadden who is um tom from yeah, succession tom, tom from succession <laughs> um and in that, it, it really just crystallizes how hard it is to talk about these issues if you're in a company that is run by this one type of person, this person who everyone is afraid of, who has built a culture of, I cannot criticize them, I want their money, I want their attention, I want their the power that they grant me. And yeah, I, I just thought this film was chilling and... Considering how quiet it was, I felt it was very propulsive. Like, it moved very quickly for me from scene to scene. And yeah, compared to Bombshell, which you and I talked about, you you watched this week uh, after seeing The Assistant. And even compared to The Morning Show, which I actually quite liked, which I watched last week uh, in a kind of binge effort. I think this is just such a incredibly nuanced, like, subtle view of what harassment looks like in the workplace and how a cult of power can develop and can kind of, like shield a person from all their terrible wrongdoing and yeah i, I thought it was just a, a pretty incredible little bottle film like a movie that is just trying to tell one tiny story over one tiny day and just pack as big an emotional punch as possible so i was really glad on a whim that we wound up watching this yeah i mean i, I think this film is doing two two different things that both connect to the same thing um one is the thing that's um Less interesting is not the correct word, but like the, the the base level, what it's doing is showing how mundane it is to perform an entry level job in a company such as this, where you're getting in on the ground level. Your eventual intention is because that you hope to produce or you hope to be in something eventually, but you have to start at the bottom. And you have to do shitty things for people who don't actually appreciate your existence. And I think that the the mundane day-to-day activities that our character goes through is one interesting thing that this film is doing is not actually telling it a character never speaks about how much they hate what they do but you just see the grind of what they're doing and how they're unappreciated and that is a successful presentation of that it's like that story in itself is already there but this film slowly builds and begins to fold over into this other story which is the 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 nature of working for a predatory boss and i think that this film doesn't have the excitement or even necessarily shock value that a film that is tackling the subject might or that you would expect from it but what it does is in a very uh real and kind of even more honestly upsetting way show you the pervasive nature of this predatory behavior within an organization and how so in, in bombshell um, which like literally I walked out of the theater. I was like, fuck, I, I skipped a bombshell cause I wasn't that interested, but now I got to go watch it. Not because I thought it could be good, but because I wanted to see what the unsubtle version yes, of the story it, was. It clearly relates to this movie. Yeah. 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 So I, I was like, well now I have to do it just as a completionist. Like, right? I have to really see how the opposite way of telling the story could transpire. And in bombshell, what it really is, is a bunch of people fell victim to the same thing and wouldn't talk with each other about it. And uh, it's a sensational telling of the story about how this truth comes out. Um, this film, um, The Assistant, is really a story about how, like, 
oh, this isn't a bunch of things happening in secret. This is a widely available, knowledgeable thing that everybody knows and, in fact, jokes about. Like, there's, there's a scene in the trailer uh, where a guy comes into a meeting and sits on the couch and somebody goes, oh, don't ever sit on the couch. Yeah. Um, and that's just, like, a widely open, joked-about thing. Um, um, I mean, like, you know... We mentioned that this is not Harvey Weinstein, but is hard. Like, there were at awards show, people are making jokes about Harvey Weinstein. That's how pervasive that was. Right. And when, when those things come to a head, one wants to think, like, oh, how could that possibly happen? How could this be that bad and nobody knows about it? And this film really shows you, like, no, everybody knows about it and nobody does anything about it ever because everybody just wants to keep their head down and continue at their job and do what they're doing. This is a film that is not fun and not particularly enjoyable, but it's a film that is hard not to appreciate because of the way it frames this narrative. It's really showing you that, like, not only is this going to happen everywhere, but the people who know it's happening are never going to do anything about it because they're more concerned with maybe one day being able to get to a position of value that they don't want to disrupt um, this person in charge who has this um, power and authority that allows them to do this. Um, there there were some things that were like very shocking to me. Stephen and I talked a little bit before starting to record and kind of calmed me down based on what I assumed certain characters were in this story, but, mm-hmm. I, it, but, but everything else still stands. Like, I think that this, this film is, it's, it's not, it's shocking in how unshocking it is. And I think that, um, some people will see this film and the credits will start to roll and they'll say, that's it. And those people can go watch bombshell. <laughs> right. <laughs> this isn't that story. It's showing you a completely different thing and watching it's putting you in the shoes of people who just want to be something being forced to work in a world where people who are something can take advantage of them and i think that for what it's doing it's it's very impressive um but quite off-putting and not fun or sensational at all yeah definitely not fun or sensational i think the the quote that i heard from kitty green the director is that she wanted to make a fil- a quiet film about a very loud subject. And I think this movie definitely does that, where on paper and in, pra- in volume, this is a very quiet film. There are long scenes of her blending a smoothie or printing out copies or walking through this always very dark. It's kind of disorienting what time it is when they are filming this movie. Um there are all these scenes that seem like nothing is happening, but this undercurrent of the predatory behavior of her boss is always there. And it's always kind of growing over time as this dread of she is just this, this little speck in his orbit, this person who is cleaning up after him and is seeing the aftermath of his meetings and his ego. Right. And there, there's just something very captivating to me about the way this movie chooses to approach this subject and the, the weight it gives it by showing how it how it impacts people in its orbit like yeah. everyone is corrupted by virtual being near this person and and not not even just corrupted but the company as a whole falls victim to the antics of this person like there there are there are like one and a half characters that we see who um on whims are forced to cover for somebody who is absent simply because they're a fucking asshole yeah and um it's not just like oh this person came in late because he was doing bad things it's like this person missed a meeting with 
foreign investors. I don't, <laughs> I, yeah. don't I don't even know what was going on in that scene, but it, it's, it's, you're watching a person who is not only complacent, but is covering for somebody because it's not just his job under this boss. He's like, he seems to be co at the level of that person, but it's the company as a whole and the lives of everybody in the building that sort of rely on him to continue to push forward. Even though he doesn't support what this person's doing, he just has to participate because that's the nature of, of, of what he's doing. Right. Um, I mean, it pulls everyone in into his orbit and into his lives. And I yeah. think that there's an interesting Except for the audience, because we never get to see him. Like yes. that's, it's, it's a very interesting idea. Yeah. And, and it's interesting, too, because the... So we talked about Bombshell and the way that that kind of, I think, fails but tries to paint Megyn Kelly purely as a hero. Like, there are complications lobbed in, but in general, it kind of... It feels a little bit more hoorah than I think it deserves. When I watch Bombshell, at least, I, I kind of feel like it's giving her more more elevation than what the character is giving me in terms of what she goes through. Yeah, um, it, it, it's almost like her actions allow more people to participate that lend more credence than she does. But then also, as I had joked with you beforehand, before we sat down to record this episode, that um, Dumbledore's hat flies in and gives her the sword that she yep. needs um, <laughs> at the end of the film. Definitely. So. <laughs> yeah, so, so we, I think Julia Garner's character here also, we know where her sympathies lie. We know that she is not happy with what is going on. The HR scene in particular is pretty harrowing where she tries to do the right thing. But over the course of this movie, what she adds up to is yet another person who is helping to perpetuate this workplace environment, helping to hide, helping to cover up for this person, helping to normalize it and make it be okay. And I think that is the challenging thing that this movie is doing is Again, I, I don't use corrupting lightly, but I think it's the this kind of person forces a choice on everyone in the office of will I go against the grain and likely be fired or will I succumb and become yet another part of the cover up instead? And I think there's just something very interesting and damning about the way this movie chooses to paint that where every every person who chuckles, every person who... Like, even the people who are laughing are seen being yelled at by this person in the course of yeah. the movie, too. And they are brought low also. And you can tell they don't have a good relationship. But they they laugh because what else should they do? And I, I just think it does a really interesting thing of, like, on the one hand, it makes the main character, the boss, be the root of all this. So he's kind of the how a predatory behavior can spread. But then also it's about the system, about everyone being complicit in it because of the yeah. way that they helped it. And I just think it, it, it's a good, very uncomfortable way of exploring the situation that I I was honestly just blown away. When, when I walked out of this movie, I was like, God damn, I, I had no idea this was going to be that intense. Yeah, um, and, and I think too, one, one of the things that it does that is so compelling is our character's goal is to one day produce. She wants to be in the process side of things. This is not, she's not Margot Robbie in Bond, Bombshell. She's not doing what it takes to get the anchor role that she really, really wants. She is somebody who is trying to stay out of it um, and becomes complacent, not because she directly falls victim, but is victimized through recognizing the victimization of someone else. And that, that I think that's like an interesting... Um, it's an interesting way to handle the subject matter um, instead of trying to shock us 
with presenting us with the the full extent of what um, the the villain of the film is sort of uh, pray t- or you know what what he does to other people. It's just all her piecing together and putting together what she thinks is happening and her hearing the joking of other people. We don't get to see the villain and we don't get to see him do anything. We just see the people who visit the office and piece together this this sort of thing, which, yep. which is a, a really compelling way to tell this story that that doesn't rely on shocking you visually with scenes that make you feel gross. It's 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 simply the idea of thing. It, it is yeah. it is literally talked about this like being built like a horror film. It's like this is the Jaws version of uh, sexual predators, right? right. It, it's it's literally oh yeah, we're not gonna, we can't afford to to have have uh, the shark in full view, so you're just gonna see the fin and yeah, <laughs> that's it's, it. it. It's alien versus sexual predator. <laughs> nice. Um, I I think the, the the two scenes where this is most brought to bear. Uh, one involves an earring that I think is, again, it is doing very little, though it is explained later on, so it's kind of bolstered throughout the movie. But there's there's just a very uncomfortable exchange involving that that I thought was really, really well done. And then another toward the very end of the movie involving a window where you get the closest that you would get in this movie to a direct look at the person. Yeah, And I think both of those are just done incredibly well. Like To me, this is just a movie that is like brimming with confidence of this is exactly how much I want to show. This is the feeling I want to leave you with and not a ounce more. Like I'm just going to do this and nothing else. And I think it's just incredibly well done. Yeah. I I think, I think the, the most impressive thing about that moment that you're talking about is not the view of the window itself, but what's directly below the window and Mm -hmm. across from the window. I, I think that's sort of the real, like the real heart of what this film is trying to say and do is just that the like just thinking about what is happening in that scene, not in that scene. Yeah, Chris says as he does a motion with his hand. Chris is but, pointing to the window. Yeah, yeah, but but I'm eating a muffin in in the scene on the street and in the cafe across from the building. Mm-hmm. That is just like it. It's just <laughs> it's just it's it's tough, is what it is. Yeah. And the 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 amount of people participating in that is. Um, impressive in the worst ways. <laughs> yeah. And I, I do think this film does do well to not make, except for the boss who is unseen, it doesn't make an explicit villain of anyone, though Matthew McFadden's HR character comes the closest. We talked before, there's just a, a couple lines in the end of that exchange that tip over into the other side. Yeah. But for the most part, you believe everyone here is a person who has a job they're trying to do well at, they probably believe themselves to be good people. They're trying to do the right thing, but they want to get ahead and they want to permit their boss to be who he is. And they're willing to buy justifications for why the other person is better off because of it too. And they chose this, et cetera, et cetera. And it, it just does a really, really, really good job, I think, of show, showing how everyone with a combination of selfishness and like half good intentions can help perpetuate this clearly toxic thing. Yeah. And I, I just, I don't know if I've ever seen that before in a movie. It's something that showcases how everyone can be wrong while believing themselves to be right. It, it I think it just handles that really, really well. Yeah. 
Um, one, one more random thing. Um, I don't have a good transition to it, but just one thing that stood out to me, a moment in the film, it's, it's when, when uh, there is a woman visiting the boss's office um, for a meeting and she is coming in bringing like a headshot because obviously she wants a role or something. Um, one thing that I thought was very interesting, which I'm not 100% sure was... Uh, I, I can't tell whether it was an accidental thing or an on purpose, very interesting thing that happened. But, um, I mean, we, we interview people from time to time here in the office that we work in. Um, generally you come in, you have a resume and you might like set that down on the table for the person to review. Um, this woman walks in holding her headshot out facing forward. And I, just, I don't, something about that like mm-hmm. struck me as interesting. Like somebody was like, here I am, this is me. I, I don't know, so, something, something stood out about that as like a very conscious thing on the part of the woman who was entering the office. And I, it just, yep. I don't know what it means, but it, I, I found that very interesting. No, I, I, I feel, yeah, I remember that scene too. I think it, th- there's something there. I, I won't try to unpack it necessarily, but it has to do with, people presenting who they are in the shallowest way possible because they know that's who they have to be yeah. projecting forward to get the job that I think it, it handles really well. I do just want to say at a high level, I think Julia Garner, who I don't believe I had ever seen her in anything before, but this whole movie is following her. Like, yeah. I, I'm not sure any part of the movie is not showing her or about to pivot back to showing her within five seconds. Um, and I think she just handles it incredibly well she has this kind of this anxiety this discomfort this people pleasing mentality that comes over really well and it makes the scenes where she's trying to do the right thing more heartbreaking so i yeah i I was really impressed with her agreed yep fantastic job all right should we get to verdicts for this film then steven sure all right if you're going to give this a must see a record with a caveat wait for rental pass with a caveat or a must avoid what would you give it Chris, I'm two for two tonight. I'm going to have to go must-see with this. this <laughs> honestly, I was not expecting very much from this movie. I had only heard the name. I don't even remember how people felt about it, but I I was genuinely blown away by how much Kitty Green managed to do here. So I was very into this movie. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a recommend with a caveat. Um, I think, like, like I said, this is not a film that you get excited about. It's just a film that has a very compelling take on this. Um, it's a film that made me rush home and watch a very much inferior version of a similar story. Uh, so if if you sat through Bombshell, you should 100% must see this film because it's a very different take on the same sort of subject. If you didn't see a Bombshell, then I uh, recommend for a caveat. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm with you. Also, if you did see both of those and you also watched the morning shows, if you've already tapped out all of your possible pop culture things about the Me Too movement this year, you should listen to uh, Ronan Farrow had an interview on WTF today where he also talks about breaking the Weinstein case and some of the catch and kill, the behavior of people to try to like suppress the allegations about powerful men coming out. And so that would be a nice pair to this also. Society's fucked, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> That's my basic summary. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Uh, well, I think that's going to do it for a review of The Assistant. Um, Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? People can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. 
If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to The Assistant, if that is a thing that is available. I truly could not tell you. Yeah, I, I honestly, it felt like a lot of this film was silence in the best way, um, but... Uh, well, fine. Music for this episode will be brought to you by a copy machine that we just run for like <laughs> 60 seconds. Um, but yeah, we'll find something to play for you right now. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you for listening. If you didn't already check out our review of Portrait of a Lady on Fire, that is also in the feeds before this episode. And uh, we will be back in the future with more reviews of things. Bye. Bye. <laughs>